0: My name's Todd.
1: And this is Gabby.
0: Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 660. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And always remember our motto, which is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. On today's show, um, we're going to talk about, um, we were both inspired by an interview we heard on Glennon Doyle's podcast. Which podcast was that, my darling? Uh we can do hard things.
1: Oh yeah. You just said and Doyle's podcast. So you yeah. kind of already titled it, but yes, we wanted to talk about, I think it was really more about talking about Shannon Watts mm-hmm. and mom's demand. And also not just that, but also how in the last couple of weeks, um, there's been just a lot of, um, I, I don't even like to call it bad news anymore. Just a lot of things that we know we need to fix, Mm -hmm. right? And so, you know, in talking with Team Zen, you know, our group, that our virtual community and just friends and just reading everything, there is a feeling of people are like, what can I possibly do, Mm -hmm. you know? And I just really kind of wanted to speak to that point. I think Todd really wants to focus on some facts today, which I'm all in, um, about the truth, about... Uh, when it comes to what we actually can do as a country to stop um, gun violence, mm-hmm. and I also want to talk about emotionally how we can keep going yeah. in the midst of of this tide turning, um, because we still we have some. You know, it's not just about gun violence; it's about other things that are going sure. on too in our lives. So, I just kind of want to talk about it. I don't know if I should use the word hope or if it's about resilience or a mixture of those things. Um, but I think we're just gonna kinda go back and forth with that.
0: And we'll also have a few invitations on things that we all, I can, do to be a part of the solution.
1: Yeah, for for sure. And I know you are not done with your introduction, but I no. wanted to share that last Friday, um, there was an interview that I did um, in on the School of Greatness Lewis Howe's podcast, and it dropped last Friday. So it is uh, Todd, will you put it in the show notes? Sure. Underneath this? Yep, I, already, um,
0: I was going to talk about it. So you beat me to the oh, punch. Oh, I'm sorry. What That's were you okay. going
1: to say about
0: it? How it was great. Oh, thank you. and appreciate Lewis Howe's inviting you to get on there to talk about your book Zen Parenting. But um, yeah, it was a wonderful opportunity. And I think you took full advantage of it.
1: Yes. So Todd and I actually went out to LA so I could record that. And why I really liked it. It's like an hour and five minutes or Mm -hmm. something like that. So it's a long form interview about parenting. Um, but also just about us as individuals and self-awareness and, you know, we go a lot of different places. And so I just thought people who listen to the show would probably
0: really enjoy it. For sure. And, um, don't forget to buy Kathy's book if you haven't already. Um, Zen parenting, mm-hmm. caring for ourselves and our children in an unpredictable, unpredictable world.
1: Yes, available in all ways. That's right. Paperback, At, Kindle, audiobook,
0: you name it, you name it. Um, so, before we get into the guts of the um, podcast, um, Kathy and I actually I am facilitating a conversation on Thursday night. Uh, we invited this woman uh, Usma. named Usma Jaffrey. Mm-hmm. And she was part of our summit. So you guys, if you participate in the summit, you'll remember her. She was one of the two Muslim women that we had. And we invited a Christian and a Jew on as well. And we're going to talk about the similarities and differences of um, their religions. And part of what I want to do is just inform ourselves. I invited our children to jump on. So it's this Thursday night at 730. The RSVP link is in the show notes. And I hope you decide to join us.
1: Really, the gist of it is like, here's something, you know, that Todd and I talk about on the show all the time. How are we more similar than we are different? And we are kind of in an age right now where there's a lot of pointing fingers and if you know a lot of they them stuff. And it's not just about religion; it's it's just culture. You know, it's just they are the problem. They they they. Um, and what we don't recognize is how similar we actually all are, and how we're all wanting the same things in our life, and to love our children, and to take care of our family, and to have a. Um, you know, do work that we enjoy and connect with friends. And we really lose sight of that really quickly when we decide that we're going to blame other people. So this is just one opportunity um, that Todd and Men Living um, put together where you could listen to, you know, three people who have different backgrounds, cultures, religions, and how there's so much overlap and how there's so much um, connection between the three of them. So if you're, you know, it's kind of like the way I've been looking at it, is like a comparative religion
0: opportunity. Yeah, for seventy five minutes, yeah, or as long as you want to stay on. But the first, uh, each um, expert on each religion is going to talk for ten minutes or so about their religions, and then I really want it to be an interactive dialogue. Doesn't mean you have to ask questions, but you can. Yeah. Um, and I know uh, some of my friends are inviting their kids, and I think our kids are going to join us, and because. We, you know, we go to public school, yeah. And you know, I I studied this in high school, and I don't think my kids study the different religions, so this is kind of a small opportunity to yeah, do. Yeah, you that. had
1: comparative religion, of course, and you really liked that class, loved it, yeah, yeah. And it just gives you, I, I just think, what an opportunity to help us understand ourselves and other people better. Mm. Um, and it, the only challenge is that it may question it, may. Caused us to reconsider certain things. That's right, which and is the whole point. It's which is the whole point, like to see things with a different lens. So, um, you can just, uh, it, so the link is going to be below. Yep. So, you register, you can just come in and listen. You can ask questions. You can just be a voyeur, whatever you want to do. But another free, it's again, it's free.
0: Um, this Thursday, June 9th, and we will record it in case you can't make it, but I uh, hope you can join us. Yeah. Um, now, I'm going to play something for you, sweetie, before oh, we start. Good. I can't wait. And you wait. tell me why I'm playing it.
1: Okay. It's <laughs>
0: Why am I playing this song? Because
1: I love Kate Bush. Um, No, you're playing this because of Stranger Things. And it's so funny. I love this song. Um, I actually, the song by Kate Bush that I always loved was Wuthering Heights. Like, I still have that on all my playlists, you know, prior to this resurgence that Kate Bush has had because of Stranger Things. Um, and obviously we like, you know, this woman's work, which was, you know, in one of Todd and my favorite movies, She's Having a Baby. Um, but oh, I Oh,
0: I didn't put that together.
1: Yeah, it's Kate Bush.
0: She's the one that sings that song mm-hmm. at the end that's so touching. Yeah. Okay. So
1: we've always loved her, and this song is amazing. This is probably the most interesting song she has. Well, Wuthering Heights is pretty interesting too. But anyway... Um, so this song was used in episode four of Stranger Things, and it's probably one of the best episodes of Stranger Things ever done, season one, two, three, four. Like, it, it's a really impactful, um, really well-executed um, scene. And it's about four minutes long, and I wrote about it in, um, uh, for Zen Parenting Moment last week. So it, my Zen Parenting Moments come out on Friday. You just have to um, – Sign you up know, for sign it. Sign up for it, and again, link below. Yep. all these links are below. Um, but and then you'll get a Zen parenting moment every Friday. But last Friday I wrote about this one. But what's funny about this song, "Running Up That Hill," which is what's used in the in the scene. Is that it's so meaningful now to my girls, especially my youngest, that she can't even listen to it Mm. because it's such it's taken on kind of a new meaning where she doesn't want it ruined. It will
0: always be the song from Stranger Things. Exactly.
1: Where it kind of it came on. I was driving home with my girls um, on Sunday and we were just kind of listening to like, you know a bunch of songs, like a, like a pop hits kind of thing. And now Kate Bush is now number one on iTunes again, which is so funny because mm-hmm. she's like an eighties, you know, icon. And this, the song came on and, and my daughter's like, I can't listen to it. It's too emotional for me. So.
0: Yeah. And, um, you were, I, I we're not going to get into it, but it's a scene that has a lot of layers to it. Mm-hmm. And one of those layers is past trauma. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So I invite you to check out Kathy's, uh, Zen Parenting Moment comes out every Friday.
1: Can I, I want to say one thing about what they did so well, and I don't think this ruins anything. I think this is just a, you know, pointing out the obvious is that they actually personify trauma. So trauma is actually in the form of something and it's the choice whether or not we are going to allow it to be the truth about our lives and be the, and take over our lives or whether we decide that Maybe something you know something did happen, something that we are bothered by, something that we feel ashamed of, but that that's not the truth of our lives. That and, there's so much more.
0: And she kind of processes through it
1: in that scene. Yeah.
0: When in fact, most of us, including myself, try to escape from that pain of trauma coming up. Yep. Yeah. And she goes literally through it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: She literally goes through it and and makes a choice, you know, like, and that's the thing is that it's not to blame the other characters who could not do that. It's not, but it's just that I think it's just such a great um, analogy.
0: And some of this may not make sense (laughs) because you haven't been watching Stranger Things, but...
1: I encourage you to do so. Yeah, it's a
0: pretty solid show. Okay, so we were going to record this and bump back our guest uh, a week. Uh, ben Feller was last week, uh-huh. and we we're just and I decided with Kathy's consent, like no, let's let's leave Ben where he was, mm-hmm. which was last week, and, and because his
1: book came out too. His book came mm-hmm. out.
0: We're big fans of Ben Feller mm-hmm. and his book, and. Um, but I had all this emotion, as I think most of us did, mm-hmm. regarding um, the shootings in Buffalo, the shootings in Uvalde, Texas, the shootings that happen every single day in our country.
1: There's been, since Uvalde, there's been like eight more. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, but we, I purposely didn't want to just strike when the iron was hot and because that is people who are not for common sense gun laws try their best to, as the term I use, run out the clock. Mm-hmm. So they, the people who are against common sense gun laws try to distract mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. with, it's a mental illness issue, it's a video games oh, issue. we shouldn't
1: be politicizing this or talking about it's this. It's a parenting issue, mm-hmm.
0: anything it is. So mm-hmm. I, I, I was grateful to think like, no, no, let's do it. A few weeks after this shocking tragedy happened in Texas, so that we can keep the conversation going, not just in the moment when it's happening, but But moving on.
1: You know, it's interesting when you said run out the clock, I thought about it in two different ways because there's the run out the clock in that they really do try to extend this conversation so nothing gets done, Mm -hmm. meaning like, you know, there's other things we have to cover or we're meeting about it or we're trying to find a bipartisan, you know, way through this when really it's just all this time is going by. Mm -hmm. But you're also saying that they try and just move on to the next thing. There's a running out the clock of like, oh, we're meeting about Mm -hmm. it, but really nothing's getting done. And then there's also so, a let's just move on to the next challenge.
0: Yeah. Well, and the clock is we will forget. Like we all, you know, when you and I joined Moms Demand Action, however many years ago, mm-hmm. I'm sure it was after one of the horrifying mm-hmm. school shootings. I don't remember which one. Right. And um, then life eventually moves on until the next horrifying tragedy. And I, I need to reinforce that these tragedies happen every single day mm-hmm. in the city of Chicago, throughout our country. I'm tr-
1: well, and let me just say that, you know, we talk about mass shootings or we talk about shootings in
0: schools or,
1: but there are 110, there are so-
0: 110 people shot and killed every day in the United States. Yeah. yeah. And most of the information that I'm conveying you, to you today comes as a result of and uh, Doyle's podcast. Um, where she interviewed Shannon, Shannon Watts, Watts. Yeah. who is, and who is Shannon Watts, sweetie? For-
1: uh, she is the founder of Moms Demand and she founded Moms Demand about 10 years ago. It was after Sandy Hook. Um, and she has become, you know, like Todd last time was talking about, he, we were talking about doing the show and he was like, well, I want to, you didn't say you wanted to introduce everyone to Shannon Watts, but you were like talking, like, we need to explain who this woman is. And I'm like, for a lot of us, for mm-hmm. and, and I mostly women, yeah. I would say, she's kind of she's a hero. Mm-hmm. Like she's somebody who did exactly what we all want to do, which is not I'm just gonna talk about this and tweet about this and say, Isn't this awful? But I am going to make a change. Mm-hmm. And she connected with every town. Mm-hmm. So mom's demand in every town are if you're giving to one, you're giving yeah. to the other. Right. Um and so she has created a grassroots movement um that has allowed um all you know and it's it's led by women yeah. now anyone can join there's also a students demand and mm-hmm. there's plenty of men who are involved but you know yeah. it is a grass roots movement for I need women. to be
0: clear because even though it's called moms demand action doesn't mean it's a moms meeting and <laughs> Um, I We actually had our local chapter president speak at our men living meeting. And yes. one of the first oh. questions from one of my friends is, how come it's called Moms Demand Action? How right. come it can't be people? So like, let's just, I didn't want to get on that tangent. The, the people at Moms Demand desire and want men to show up. And one of the things I learned from the interview is that at a lot of these Moms Demand Action meetings, extremists show up. Of course, Yeah. And the meetings that you and I have been to, it's what, eighty-five percent moms? Uh-huh. At maybe ninety percent. Uh huh. So I'm making a plead with the men that there's chapter it, moms demand action has over eight million people mm-hmm. supporters. Mm-hmm. They're bigger than the NRA now. That's how successful yes. moms demand action yes. is. And we need everybody, especially the man the men to step up and obviously donate, but attend the meetings and support and march if you find yourself in alignment with those things. Um, and yeah, so anyways, I just want to make sure I said that. Well,
1: and to, I think you're trying to make the point that I think there becomes this thing where, you know, and and again, there was just one guy who asked that question of why is it called Mom's Demand if mm-hmm. they want us there? Yeah. But it's it's okay to be a part of something that's women-led. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's a it it still means everybody's welcome but it just so happened that moms are done with i mean moms have been done with it and i know dads are too it's not we're not it's not about we're pitting each other we're not pitting against each other no. but what i'm saying is that there is this feeling of like what are we doing what what are we watching here and what how stuck are we as a country that we're arguing about things that we actually agree on that we're being held hostage by you know, the gun lobby or the mentality of the gun lobby. Mm -hmm. Because as you said, the NRA is not as powerful as it used Mm -hmm. to be, but it's still so integrated Mm -hmm. into, it's so politicized that we can't even see our way through it and see it, you know, similar to what we were talking about with the understanding of religions and how they're similar and, but, you know, different, but very similar in many ways. I think we agree on the vast majority of things. What's the statistic about 90% of people
0: want you actually handed me this statistic, so I don't want to um ninety percent of people are for background checks yeah. and red flag laws. Yeah. Eighty percent of gun gun owners are in favor of that and seventy four percent of NRA members are all for um better background checks and red flag laws.
1: I mean that's that is like so significant that this should be a no brainer
0: yeah, and right now there's something that passed through the House. I forget the name of the legislation, yeah. uh, and it's stuck in the Senate. It's stuck in the Senate.
1: And can I just tell a quick um, sure. uh story, and you may want to share your experience with this too, is that um I kind of I always feel like we have to give a little bit of personal background so everybody understands that you know where people are coming from. Um, growing up, my dad was a gun owner. Um, I knew that. Um, meaning that I knew they were in the house and they were locked up. Um, he was also an NRA member until the 80s. And I remember he told me that something was changing. And he told me, I don't remember what year it was. I know I was old enough to have this discussion with him. And he decided to not be a member of the NRA anymore because he he said what NRA used to be about was about safety and education. And that, you know, he used to get magazines from them. Like it was more about having an understanding And making sure that people are educated about guns and that gun owners wanted this, not just for themselves, but for everybody. Because if you are a gun owner, you understand how dangerous it can be, right? It's like, those are the people who understand what a powerful weapon this is. And I remember my dad's like, it's totally different now. And so he, again guns were locked up, all of that kind of thing. It was kind of an, you know, uh, just something we understood and he talked to us about and it was an open conversation. I say that only because this belief that we are so and well, I'll just say, Todd, your dad's a police officer. Mm-hmm. So he also had guns sure. in the house as a police officer. And um he and the thing is is when we talk about common sense gun laws, I feel like this is so repetitive. But it's not about we, we go with this slippery slope idea that if we have some laws around making things safe, that somehow everybody is going to have their gun taken away. And it actually could be quite the opposite. And, and when I say quite the opposite, what I mean is that we end up safer. People who have guns understand them better. People who want a gun are more educated about it. We become civil in that sense. You know what I mean? Like, it's not about um you know take them all away it's about what what is needed and why what do our what were what was the constitution written for like why was and and again even that is an interesting conversation about you know militias versus Mm -hmm. and the kind of weapons that we had then Mm -hmm. versus what we have now and we just and the reason that we always talk about common sense gun laws is i think the people we know if you really think about this This is common sense, but there's this – it's a money-driven operation where guns – the goal is for guns to be sold and guns to be politicized rather than them be what they were historically, which was for safety, for sportsmanship – um, with an understanding of wanting to keep people safe and educated. Yeah, it's and I,
0: completely shifted. I think what you're saying is the NRA used to be about safety and education. Absolutely. And then it became about selling as many guns as possible.
1: Thank you. Thank you for summarizing my yes. very long statement. <laughs> but I, I, I like to give a personal experience because sometimes we start to divide and we we get ourselves on these in, on, in the binary of you, you – you hate guns you don't understand guns you know nothing about guns and i know everything about guns and you can't possibly have this conversation and i just want you know it's like the statistics say 90% of people who own guns or don't own guns it just all of us would rather have these background checks it makes more sense red flag laws it makes more sense like i'm it's confusing to me it's confusing to me why we get held up. I mean, I understand it's about power and money, but it's a I think we will look back on this time when we finally get through it because I do believe we will we will get there
0: mm-hmm.
1: and be like god, like what what was, you know, the the amount of corruption or political...
0: Yeah. What were we thinking?
1: What were we thinking? Um, so anyway.
0: Um, so when I like to... Sometimes I like to start a podcast and I like to begin with the end in mind. So okay. for me, I don't pretend to be an expert on this issue. Like I'm on the fringe just trying my best to educate myself as we're best learners. I can. We're yeah. learners. We're mm-hmm. learners. If you do nothing else, I would... And I'll include the interview with Shannon Watts mm-hmm. here. I hope that you... If you find yourself... Curious about it to listen to that interview. That's mm-hmm. what I'm hoping that uh, we do. And just as some background, of Shannon Watts started Moms Demand Action, and what I learned in the interview is they have a lot of goals, but the three main goals is to close the loopholes around background checks, to put in red flag laws, and to keep guns out of the hands of domestic abusers. Mm. And it's very simple, and like they're trying to do other things, but those are the th- the three main priorities. And I think it is, and they're they're winning a lot of the time. Correct. They're passing state a lot level. of legislation mm-hmm. along the state to do that. So, a few quick stats that I wrote down: 110 people are shot and killed every day in the United States. We have 26 times higher gun homicide. Than the next, than whoever comes in second in the nation. So, guns do not make a country safer because we have. We have the most. We have the most. We have 400 million guns Mm -hmm. in our country, 25 times more than any other nation. Um, 4.6 million children live in a household with unsecured guns. 3 million American children witness gun violence every year. Um, So, those are just a few of the stats of. The idea that guns make us safer, just logically, that makes no sense Mm -hmm. because we have the most guns and we also have the most deaths.
1: Well, and that's – I think this is where I have the challenge of when politicians tell us this won't work or this won't work. But we know that it does work to have these laws because other countries have implemented these laws and they have had – success in that their gun violence has decreased. So I guess I have a hard time when I'm watching the news and I'm seeing a politician tell me, let's not bother doing this because this won't work because of whatever various reasons. Let's just have one door that kids go in and out of instead when we know from the countries around us that it does work. So- I think that's the most like that it feels like a bit of a um, a mental manipulation, a gaslighting, if you will, because I'm like, wait a second. We know statistically this work. You know, just last week, Todd, Canada um, created even, you know, more. um, I don't even know how to say it. They they revisited their gun laws Mm -hmm. and actually made things even safer Mm -hmm. in their country, in Canada. Yeah even though they aren't having even-
0: The problems that we are. At
1: all. But they're like seeing the experiences we're having. And so they are creating even more common sense gun laws.
0: The US is 4.2% of the world's population, but we have over 80% of the world's gun deaths. Yeah. That's just nuts.
1: Yeah. I mean, and how do how do we argue with this? Like, how do we say, yeah, but let's just keep going as we are. Mm-hmm. Let's just keep doing this because, and this was the part that- um, Todd and I both loved, and I think he'll play a clip from um, the show with Shannon Watts, but where, when people say, but it's not the guns that are the problem, it's the people
2: that are the problem. You want to listen to it? Yeah. Let's talk about background checks, because I think America would be surprised to know the way the law works. So federal law is that background checks on every licensed sale. Tell us about the wide swath of the ecosystem that is completely outside of that requirement where so many people get their guns every day. So when a person tries to buy a gun from a gun store, the the buyer has to fill out a federal form. That form goes to an FBI database and they verify the buyer doesn't have a criminal record or isn't a prohibited purchaser. Since 1998, when the system launched, more than 300 million background checks have been done, leading to about 1.5 million denials. That is significant. There's these myths around background checks. And one of them is that everyone in this country has to have a background check when they buy a gun. That is not true. Federal law only requires background checks for gun sales by licensed dealers. It does not require background checks on guns sold by unlicensed dealers. And that includes non-dealers, for example, online, or at gun shows, even garage sales. And we know about 22% of Americans report that they bought their most recent gun without a background check. That's millions of sales every single year with no background check. So we want to close that loophole. We have done so now in 21 states and Washington, D.C. You now have to have a background check on both licensed and unlicensed sales. And the data shows that that is absolutely fundamental to our gun safety system, that it saves lives, that states that have background checks on all handgun sales have lower firearm homicide rates, lower firearm suicide rates, lower firearm trafficking. And then there's one other loophole, and it's called the Charleston loophole. So, yes, license.
0: Is that good?
1: Well, yeah, because we shouldn't be playing someone else's podcast for that
0: one. I have a feeling, Glennon. First of all, it's not like it's recorded music.
1: Right. That's true. That's true. It's information. And I have a feeling
0: Glennon would be a big fan of us <laughs> communicating her message. Well, her. or Shannon would be. Or Shannon.
1: I know. it's it is It's good information and it comes straight from somebody who's doing this every yeah. day versus us like telling, you know, telling the story of, you know, what we're reading in the newspaper. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I appreciate that. And, and I also feel like I heard something, Todd, about there are federal background checks, but that if they don't get back to you in three, By three days, days. Yeah, that that's, you can sell That's sell it. the next
0: part of that clip. Oh, is
1: that the Charleston loophole? Yes. So, like, even so, they do the federal background check, but then.
0: If, if it takes longer, because usually it takes 30 minutes. Right. If it takes longer, there's usually something. In the way, right? It's kind of like running credit on somebody who's got really bad credit. You got to do more research, right? If they're running a background check on somebody who has a criminal record, right. Then it takes more time, right? But the loophole is if it takes uh, so much time, then they can go ahead and sell the gun anyway.
1: So after three days, you can sell. So that makes no sense. Yeah, it's
0: the opposite of <laughs> what we're supposed to be doing.
1: It makes no sense. Um. So yeah. So that and so I kind of. It, it's one of those things where when. Instead of us arguing about these big picture ideas of, are you for this? Are you against this? Which is way too binary. What about this very specific thing, which is background checks? Because we know just in the last um, mass shootings that were, you know, on the front page of the newspaper, they bought the guns that morning. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like a decision that they made that morning. And if there would have been a background check or there would have been- time. Just time. Then these, Time to settle exactly, and and that that makes sense. Like we, you know, and I feel like all of these conversations have been had. They're they're redundant, but they're also important to bring into the conversation again about our laws around getting your driver's license. Your law, the laws yeah. around. How many
0: hoops do we have to jump through to get get our driver's license? How long do we have to wait? Like I don't know. After JC took her test, we didn't get her her you know the actual license for um, you know, a few weeks, you know, she had you to drive with thing. us. Yep. She
1: had to drive with another professional. Yep. She had to drive for a certain amount of time. She had to have a certain amount of drives under her belt. She gotta had to be, have a certain amount of hours. Got to be insured. Got to be insured. I mean, there's all these processes that we are fine with as a country well, and to I keep heard, us safe. I
0: heard somewhere there's like technology where the only person, uh, who can shoot a gun, there's a fingerprint, um, kind of pass yes. code yes. on the gun Yes. so that that way, if it, you know, because the the example they gave is your phone, right? If I leave my phone at the grocery store, it's pretty much unusable to anybody, right. And Apple has designed that on purpose or wh- whatever company is doing that, so that it's so it limits the amount of stealing of phones. People can't access. people your can't navigation. access. It. And we have the technology to be able to do that with guns. So in other words, whoever, buys the guns and is permitted to use the guns is the only person that can actually use it. Right. But we can't do that probably because they say it costs too much money to put that type of barrier on the on every gun.
1: Well, I, I feel like the big comment that I always hear from people and they write it on our page and they write it, you know, in emails or whatever is if you put these laws here, then you are harming law-abiding citizens. And I just, I don't... I I hear that but I also talk to so many law abiding citizens who are just fine with saying with yeah, yeah let's have some hoops because I know how dangerous a gun can be I own gun I'm not I don't personally but these people are saying I own guns and I know what chaos they can cause. I know how they can be harmful. And so, yeah, let's have some hoops because I am a law abiding citizen. So I will follow those laws. So uh, to me, it, it kind of feels like a mismatch
0: of, you know, the argument. Well, and I'll say for us, um, we don't own a gun. I don't own a gun. One, because they scare the heck out of me. Mm-hmm. And secondly, it makes our family less safe statistically if we have a gun oh, if in the house. Oh, if we have a gun. Mm-hmm. Um, Because, uh, you know, that's how all these random occurrences happen because there's a a gun in the house.
1: Well, having access to guns when guns are not locked up. Yeah. You know, there are, like I said, I grew up with a gun in my house and you did too, but they were locked up.
0: Mine wasn't locked up. Oh, it wasn't? No, it was in my dad's top drawer. Oh, really? Yeah. And that's, I I think a lot of people have them. And the argument is if an intruder comes in, you don't want to have to fuss with... um, a combination lock while mm-hmm. somebody's getting into your house. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the argument that some will have.
1: And yet, that is you know. And again, we have we also have an issue with a suicide rate that's quite high. Yeah. And if someone has access to a gun, then the likelihood that they will like put it this way: there's a lot more um, completion when it comes to suicide when a gun is used.
0: Access to a gun triples the risk of suicide. Yeah. yeah. A woman is five times more likely to get murdered if there's access to a gun. Mm -hmm. Um, Guns are the leading cause of death for children and teens. Mm -hmm. And then last... Wait,
1: say that one again.
0: Guns are the leading cause of death for children and teens.
1: I mean, that hasn't always been the case.
0: I don't know. I wish I knew what the trajectory of of that statistic is, but that's what Shannon said. Mm. Our rate of mental illness is in line with other countries, yet the amount of death by guns is exponentially higher. So it's not a mental illness issue.
1: So that's what everybody says. You know, this this is a person problem. This is a mental illness problem. And we have no higher rate than any other country. Like, yes, mental illness is a challenge in our country as far as making sure people get the services they need and making sure people's mental wellness is a priority. Obviously, I'm a therapist. This is my, you know, this is my life's work. But that, it's not a... It's not a reason for. That just happens to be part of this conversation as far as um, making sure that that issue is dealt with as well. But other countries are... We don't have a higher rate It's the whole point.
0: So before we kind of like expand this discussion yes. and get mm-hmm. off of guns, I just want to just just share a few. If you are interested in taking action, um, the one thing that I learned in the podcast was you can text the word READY, R-E-A-D-Y, mm-hmm. to 64433. Mm-hmm. Um, and that- you
1: can also text the word BOLD or the word ACT. They've got a bunch of words and, you, and do the same numbers again. Say the numbers again. Um,
0: 64433. Okay. Um, you can also obviously vote in a way that is, uh, for people who are in favor of common sense gun laws. Um, there is a second March for our lives coming up this Saturday. Mm -hmm. Um, we'll be, I will be marching in Downers Grove with anybody else who wants to join me. Um, and they're all over the country. There's, um, a hundred local marches going on plan right now and it's going up every day.
1: And March for Our Lives is the organization that was created by the Parkland kids mm-hmm. after um the shooting at their school.
0: Mm-hmm. And then, lastly, um, if you happen to have younger children, you should probably be asking about guns and gun storage when they go over to other people's houses. Mm-hmm. So
1: we learned that at a mom's demand meeting yes. that that's actually part of play date conversation now. Yeah. Is not just about allergies and, but if you have guns in your home, are they locked up? Yeah, you know, asking that question and moms are really um, or moms' parents, you know, because it's not just moms um, are. You know, grateful. Like, oh, you're asking me this question, so I can ask you this question. Like, it just brings to light um, something that can be difficult to talk about. You know, one more thing I want to say, because Todd and I are, uh, we live in Chicago or outside Chicago, and Chicago gets um, a lot of negative press um, when it comes to guns. And one thing that um, there's obviously, there's issues that Chicago has that are, you know, there's some truth around the issues that Chicago has. But one of the issues that, Is not discussed enough is the fact that illinois does have some gun laws that could be effective except the states that surround us especially around chicago do not have the same gun laws so
0: indiana's like 20 minutes away from chicago
1: exactly and why and and so when you hear about oh illinois has gun laws and they don't work It's very difficult if you have twenty minutes. Think about twenty minutes away. That's nothing. You can just cross over that, you know, that line and have a completely different state, you know, set of laws. So that's part of the reason. What did what did um, what's the newest statistic? Forty or forty-five percent of guns that are recovered in Chicago are not from Illinois, from our state. So when you hear Chicago getting thrown under the bus, I want you to have an understanding that there's more to it than just what people are saying. Yeah. It becomes a again a way to politicize it, like a, an, an example of how it doesn't work. But that's not the case. That is a challenge of of being close to other states with different laws. So
0: my hope is that uh, we've hope. My hope is that we can inspire uh, people to educate themselves yeah. and then hopefully take action. Yeah, Edu- and education and a plea to the men out there to support these women driven organizations. I've had conversations with men that say, well, there's you know, there's not a whole lot we can do, there's a whole lot we can do. Mm-hmm. And let's join hands mm-hmm. with some of these amazing organizations and take action.
1: Absolutely. So. Yeah, I'm so enamored with um, the, you know, obviously the people on the who founded this, you know, Shannon Watts and her team around her, and then the people at the state level and the city level, and there's just so much um, work being done. There's so many people who are out there, you know, speaking up at school meetings or speaking up at town council meetings or speaking up, you know, marching, activism, going, you know, writing articles, whatever it may be. And I'm just so enamored with these people and their willingness to make a change because this can change. Yeah. And it is changing. It is changing. But there's so much... um, violence that we're seeing before the change actually takes place. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about what can we do right now um, when we feel inundated and overwhelmed with the information that we're getting from the news, Um, not just about gun violence, but about the pandemic or um, about things going on in our communities or about new laws. Oh, geez, Ohio is passing some new law, LGBTQ, um, something about transgender Um, Have you did you read Mm -hmm. about this? Something about transgender athletes and that they have the ability now to like check to make sure somebody is the sex. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's it's it makes you just want to take a deep breath and say, wow, how did we get here? So what can we do? Um, The first thing is a lot of people say it just makes me want to like go back to bed and and not get up and just decide that this world is it's just not working. And that can't be what we do. Um, I understand going to bed for a while and resting and, and taking a break, if it be from social media or from news, you, we have to do that to take care of ourselves. We have to be able to step away and walk away so we can be in our, um, so we can be well, whatever that means. And for some people, that's a longer amount of time to step away. I I totally honor that. But I also feel like all of these situations that we're dealing with are about people and individuals, and we can make changes just by this conversation that we're having, just by the ability to talk to our kids about things, about the ability to treat people kindly when we see them. Again, let me be clear. These are not solutions to everything. These are steps toward solutions, like We don't want to make this too, you know, it's not just about if you're nice to people, these things won't happen, but that actually can impact someone's day. That can impact the way we communicate about difficult challenges like this. Our ability to listen to somebody first and then be able to express our viewpoint, our ability to communicate effectively can make a change. And our ability to recognize that we can do things, that we can't, that we actually do have more power than we think. Just looking at what Shannon Watts did, you know, started 10 years ago, and that she's created a movement that's bigger than the NRA. You do not have to be her. You do not have to do the exact same thing. But what can you do in your community, in your home, it, maybe just with your partner and your kids? You know, there are, what do you do to just take care of yourself? I mean, we can just start with that. Um, And understanding that that makes a difference, that everything, there's a cumulative effect of people being willing to be resilient and have a viewpoint that is, um, actually, Adam Grant posted something the other day that I reposted, Todd, and um, I want to share it. So just give me a second. Unless you want to fill that space for a minute.
0: Do 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 do. Yeah. Just hold doo, on. Do 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 do. Okay. Dude, oh, I didn't get a chance to finish my song.
1: Okay, this I loved this. So just to give you like some some words that you can hold on to. Cynicism. What does cynicism mean? We have a problem, but they don't want to solve it. Okay, so when you're cynical, you're like, yeah, we got issues, but no one's going to do anything about it. Pessimism. We have a problem, but we can't solve it. There is so much pessimism on Twitter. I could just, like, I, I,
0: like. Sweetie, you have an on again, off again relationship <laughs> oh with Twitter. God, Twitter is like my You're like, oh, yeah, I, I put it back on my phone. You're like, oh no, I took it off. Oh no, I put it back on. I, no, I took it did. off.
1: And when it's off my phone, I still check it on my computer occasionally. Oh, yeah, so it's not that I'm completely. But it's not. There's a lot of good stuff there, too, Mm -hmm. as far as journalistic integrity and like getting actual great information. But Todd's right. There's so I I have this challenge where I come off and I'm like, oh, my God, the pessimism about we have a problem, but it's impossible to solve. Optimism. We have a problem and we can solve it. That's that's where I feel this conversation is. Mm -hmm. There are things we can do to solve this. We just have to speak up about it. Responsibility. We have a problem. Can I help solve it? That's kind of my question all the time, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, can I write something about this? Can I talk to my friends about this? Can I share this podcast with someone? Can I do a podcast with Todd about this? Can what can we do?
0: What in in a way that makes it makes your energy go up. So like, I'm not a big fan of Although I've done it, gone to soup kitchens, but I always, for some reason, I always bring up soup kitchens. Everybody brings up soup right? kitchens, yeah. And I'm just not that big of a fan of doing it, but there are other things that I can do, mm-hmm. which is vote, which is invest, donate money to organizations I believe in, which is to march, which is to have a podcast. Like there's these things that make my energy go up. Yes. So the invitation is get creative and what makes your energy go up not down when you're doing those things.
1: Yeah, be a part of it. Yeah. And and it may ebb and flow and change. You sure. may be a part of it and say okay, I got to take a step back from that. But I'm going to come in here and do something like I think the idea that we're just going to give up and throw in the towel, I I don't see that as a viable option. Like I don't I don't understand how that gives us energy any any energy, any hope, any um any kind of vision for the future, for our kids, for our grandchildren, like we keep going. And then the last one is initiative. We have a problem. Here's how I'm solving it. Mm-hmm. And and again, let me be clear. It doesn't have to be that you start an organization. It can just be, I'm going to talk to my family members who have guns and let them know some of the statistics and that it would be... Um, You know, if we're going to be there, that having those guns locked up is really important. Mm -hmm. You know, it can just be that conversation. It can be I'm going to go to a school board meeting and see, or a mom's demand meeting or a a march and just kind of see what this is all about. It can be that I'm going to talk to my kids about how they're seeing what's happening as far as gun violence in school. What is their experience? Talking to them. Um, You know, one of the things that's been brought up is how when kids are doing these shooter drills, that have been like basically become a norm in the schools of teaching children how to hide from shooters, that they're more traumatized yeah. by that drill. And so
0: it does more harm than good. It does
1: more harm than good. So talking to our kids about that, like what is your experience with that? And and just know I'm always here. Um you know, so my point is is, you know, doing artwork about it, like sharing things on social media. Like it there's things that we can do um, that I think would make us feel, I don't know about you, Todd, but if I'm doing something, even if it's something small, I feel a lot more empowered Mm -hmm. and I feel a lot more optimistic um, than when I say, what's the point?
0: Yeah, we get paralyzed (laughs) by our negativity bias.
1: Yeah, and, and, but I do understand that some people have to walk away for a while. Like Todd said, I take things off my phone. I, I decide to completely disconnect from the world for a little bit so I can kind of re-engage with myself. And then I have to go back out into the world and figure out what kind of role I'm going to play. So it's both. It's not one or the other. It's not keep working until this is done and don't sleep. No, get some sleep. Take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Deal with what you need to deal with. Um, And also recognize that um, there are people out there leading the way. And like Todd said, we can donate to that. We can show up for that. We can ask questions about it. So there you go. There are there are
0: ways through. Um, there's what else did I want to say before I closed shop? Um, Was it about your book? Bu- oh, Team Zen. So we do this thing called Team Zen. Sweetie, help me describe Team Zen.
1: Team Zen. Team. We love Team Zen. We've been doing Team Zen for a couple of years now. I feel like we you just riddle. came
0: up with another tagline that we have both <laughs> since forgotten about.
1: I know. Well, it's something about that it's it's actually very connected to what i'm talking about here when we feel like there is you know community a, you know no when we feel like we can't see things differently that we're stuck or that there's no way around this sometimes it's nice yes i'll say community to come into a group And to ask your question or to share what you're feeling and to recognize that a lot of people are having the same experience. And it's not about them giving you answers of how to solve it. Sometimes it's just about having information of how to look at it differently, seeing that there's like a possibility of looking at this differently so new options become available. That's kind of what I feel like Team Zen is for me. Yeah. Is sometimes, you know, obviously Todd and I are doing a lot of the, taking a lot of the questions from people, but it's like, how do we view this differently? And then all of a sudden, all these doors open up.
0: So it's a virtual community. We meet live virtually twice a month, but you also get access to all the previous ones. I think we've done 144 of them. Um, We've been sending out socks, warm, fuzzy socks to people who have been with us for a year, but I'll just say, if anybody wants to, how about the next, Three people who join Team Zen will send you a pair of our warm, fuzzy Zen parenting socks. I
1: love the warm, fuzzy Zen parenting socks. So do
0: I. Even I in the them. summer. Because you got the AC cranking and my feet get cold. I know. Sorry about that. So the next three people that sign up for Team Zen will get a free pair of socks with Zen parenting logo on them. They're really good. They're warm and they're fuzzy. <laughs> um, so... I guess that's it. I'm going to play my music. And, oh, Michael Ian Black next week. That's what I was going to do. We had a wonderful conversation with the actor, Michael Ian Black. He's been around a long time doing a lot of funny things. But he's also a leader in in educating us about healthy masculinity. Healthy masculinity. The name of the book is called A Better Man. Um, So that's next Tuesday. Anything else, sweetie?
1: I think that's it. Thank you, everybody who listened. I know that it can be hard to hear about these things over and over again, but our Todd and my hope was that we were offering ways through rather than just we're stuck. That we can say, we need to take care of ourselves so we can make choices to go in a direction that 90% of the population wants to go in. Um, We're not alone. Um, There is a lot that we can do together. And I'm very, I'm gonna use the word optimistic um, that things are
0: changing. And keep trucking, everybody. Adios.
1: Thanks for listening, everyone. If you have appreciated or enjoyed a decade of Zen Parenting Radio podcasts, please tell a friend or leave a five-star review.
0: We are always grateful for your support. If you want more Zen Parenting, consider joining Team Zen. Reordering Kathy's Zen Parenting book or subscribing to Zen Parenting Moment. You can find these opportunities and more at ZenParentingRadio.com.
1: If you want to connect through social networking, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Keep trucking, and we will talk to you again next week.